RMA would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Dharawal people. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal people listening today. Yeah, it, it was sort of a whole different world. And then, um, yeah, my second run was probably not as good as my first. Um, uh, and But, like, coming up that finish shoot, it was the day that we raced was the first day of the Games, and I think we had the biggest crowd. It was incredible. Like, there were so many people. Um, and because you had other age groups starting after you, no one really knew where you came. So everyone was still cheering for everyone. And, it like, all these fears that I had about embarrassing myself or you know not running in those top group it didn't matter like nothing mattered on the day it was just great hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast i hope you loved our last episode and thank you for all the feedback that i've received about the podcast again this year i'm just loving sharing these stories with you about some amazing women and their journeys Today, I have a really special guest for you, Penny Selden. I've known Penny for a while now. She was one of our Sydney RMAs and she's since moved to the Sunshine Coast in beautiful Queensland. The thing I really wanted to share about for Penny's story is about how our journeys can evolve and change over time and that we can find ourselves in places that we never thought we would be in. Uh, Penny was like so many of us. She was a young mum and she felt really isolated and disconnected and she found a community through running. So she first found her community through Parkrun and then she joined our main. She found some amazing women and networked with them there. And it wasn't until 2020 when she moved to the Sunshine Coast that her running journey, I guess, and sporting journey just really took off and that she started to put herself out there and, you know, plan for things that she could work towards that she never thought possible. She started her running um, and she kind of moved into the marathons and things like that along the way. But then when she moved to the Sunshine Coast, she found triathlon. And I really wanted to share this story because there's a lot of RMA people that do triathlons and maybe you're just trying to wonder whether this is something that you could do as well. And I thought Penny's story was super, super inspiring. So when she moved to the Sunshine Coast, she thought she would try her hand at triathlon, something new, and she felt totally overwhelmed, like a total imposter, um, but she had to go anyway. And flash forward a few years, she's just competed in the World Sprint Duathlon Championships in Ibiza, in Spain, where she actually placed 16th in the world for her age group. That's pretty incredible, right? So there's this woman who's come from running, feeling totally like she's out of her comfort zone, tried her hand at triathlon, worked her way up, got herself a coach, and then was able to compete on the world stage. So I really wanted to share this story because Penny is in her mid-30s and I just wanted to make you aware that it's never, never too late to start something new. In this episode, we share a lot about Penny's background and where she came to running and then also what it was like to, I guess, move to another place and form connections there through sport. And how this newfound love of the sport of triathlons and duathlons 
um, made her a whole new community and also how she's been able to push herself to do things that she never thought she would be able to do. I hope you love this episode as much as I did. Let me introduce you to Penny Selden. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Penny. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Very excited to see you in person because obviously we're over Zoom during the podcast recording. Um, People can't see us, but we can see each other and it's nice because we do know each other and we've known each other for a while now and we get to connect a few times a year when I come up to Kalounja where you're now living. Um, but I'm excited to have you on the podcast today because you have been one of our members of RMA for a long time and, you know, your journey has evolved and changed over the time that you've been part of RMA and you've always been a very welcoming, um, friendly face and I love when I come up to the Sunshine Coast because I know that you will always stick your hand up to say that you'll come for a run with me. Um <laughs> And yeah, I just I just wanted to share your story because obviously RMA is made up of so many different women from all different backgrounds and different journeys. And your story started out like most people, like, you know, you found running and then you kind of connected, you wanted connection with other people and you did that. And, you know, you, you thought you were kind of just an average runner, I guess, when you started and, and then you worked your way up to different events and then you moved to Queensland and you found a different sport and you entered triathlon. And and then from there, I just saw this change in you. And, you know, I watch on social media, obviously, and I, I meet up with you. And I just saw this, I guess, spark in you maybe, like of some something <laughs> different, like a competitive side but a challenge that you set yourself and that you were going to go after and you've been able to compete as as an athlete, um, you know, run, uh, racing for Australia uh, um, in tri- oh, triathlons and duathlons. And I just think that's pretty cool, um, you know, as a middle-aged woman and a mom who's juggling all the balls, you know, you work and you study and you've got little kids and you're still able to set yourself goals. So I wanted this episode to be about how our journeys evolve over time and that Maybe just there's a sliding door moment where we find something new and we give it a go. And I guess we allow ourselves to have the challenge and go after something new and, yeah, find ourselves, I guess. So that's a very long intro. And obviously (laughs) we'll deep dive into a lot of the themes that I just talked about. Uh, But, yeah, I was excited to have you on because obviously you just competed over in Ibiza. Am I even saying that right? Ibiza? Uh, Depends (laughs) if you're Hispanic or not. Ibiza is how they say it. I'll see. I didn't say it with the TH. So, yeah, you just competed over there. And, yeah, I thought, wow, that's actually really cool. We really need to get you on and talk about that. So 
But let's start right back at the very beginning. Uh, Firstly, do you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Where are you from and who you are, how old you are, how many kids you've got? And yeah, we'll go from there. Um, I'm 35. Um, I have two kids. Um, They're nine and seven. Um, I grew up in Queensland, but then moved to Sydney. Uh, I've lived all over, but I was based in Sydney for about uh, 15 years and then moved up to the Sunshine Coast, yeah, a few years ago. Um, yeah, back to Queensland. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, the difference in, we are just talking about the weather because obviously I'm just went for a run this morning and it's freezing here. Well, it's not freezing. It's just cold. Sydney can be quite cold in winter, um, but you're on the sunny coast and I feel like it's just perfect there all year round. <laughs> it is beautiful. It's good to be able to swim all year round and, yeah, all that sort of stuff, so it's good. <laughs> it's the perfect breeding ground for a triathlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me why you started when you went up there. Um, Sydney, not so perfect for a triathlete. No. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> roads and, like, freezing cold water here (laughs) so yeah so when did um let's talk about growing up like you know what was your background in sport I guess growing up um I didn't have much of a background in sport um my parents were always active but we never really my older sisters my my sisters are quite a bit older than me they're seven and ten years older than me and I feel like by the time I came along my parents were like yeah we're done with weekend sport like you're so I, I did dancing when my sisters did it but then when they stopped I sort of stopped um and I never really was encouraged to do sport my parents even still now don't really um, place much importance on physical, you know, mm. physical activity, um, like, well, competitive, being competitive. Um, and I actually really loved running growing up. I remember asking my parents, begging them to do little athletics, and it was just not something that we were ever going to do. Um, I was a decent runner at school, even with no training, I would still make district. I was still, I was actually um, much better sprinter, which now, Mm. now I'm much better over short distance than long um I always really liked it but yeah I was never really encouraged my um my best friend uh was a very competitive swimmer and I used to spend a lot of time with her at the pool but not swimming and um it just didn't ever seem like it was something that was accessible to me I never identified it as athletic I never really thought that I could do those things Mm. um so yeah she always says to me it's amazing now (laughs) like yeah now how full circle yeah 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 I rode horses competitively but um that was something that I and I left school and actually went to a high performance center like to do that after I finished school um but yeah it just um nothing really like running (laughs) anyway I guess a horse I guess horse riding is kind of like riding a bike. Sort of, I guess. <laughs> you got to sit on something. You've got to balance. However, you don't have control as much over a horse than you do over a bike, I guess. <laughs> but you're still sitting on something, I guess. Um, so that's interesting. Okay. I really like hearing about people's backgrounds because I think sometimes it can lead into lessons for the future and also um, maybe sometimes people's journeys make them want to change their life they actually want to have a more active pursuit you know to look forward to when they didn't have it when they're younger and then sometimes people's um, influences of having really sporty families you know also lead into 
them doing stuff later. So it's just interesting to hear where everybody came from. Um, and some of those early influences, like your friend, you know, who was swimming, like maybe that, you know, that kind of allowed you when you got back into sport as, a, a, you know, now as a an older female doing triathlons, uh, the pool probably wasn't so daunting to you because you were able to think back to the time when you were at the pool with your friend. I know. So just, yeah, sometimes it just sets us up for, you know, different lessons about how we can see ourselves in the future, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and when did you become a mum? Um, in 2014, I was 26. So I was fair in my, with the area that I lived in, I was fairly young in the demographic, I think, in like my mother's groups and stuff compared to other yeah. people. <laughs> Where were you living at the time? In the Hawkesbury in, um, in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's really cold there <laughs> compared to where you're living now. <laughs> you just think it's like living on a tropical island, I'm sure, living in Caloundra. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, what did you think about, like, sport when you were young, like when you were a young mum? Like how did you stay active as a young mum and was running even in your sphere then? Um, with my first child, uh, not really. I um... After he was born, he was quite a difficult, well, not difficult baby, but he, he cried a lot. I, um, yeah, I had, he took up all of my time. He was um, very clingy and I didn't really, I couldn't put him in a pram, so there would be no way I could have run. Um, but I was always just generally fit. We still lived on a farm at that point, so I was still, um, was active, was still riding, um, yeah, doing stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't really think about sport, to be honest, when mm. when he was little. Um, it wasn't until my second came along um, when uh, after he was sort of, he had a lot of um, allergy issues um, and so I had to change my diet, change his diet. I It was a bit of a, a minefield. I got couldn't could only eat about five different foods, which were all foods I wouldn't normally eat. Um, he had all these intolerances to like fruits and vegetables and stuff that I would normally always eat. So I, I gained a lot of weight and I um, just was miserable. I found it very isolating. I couldn't like just go out with friends for lunch or, you know, that sort of stuff. I um, mm. also just, yeah, so I didn't really connect with a lot of other mums in the area because we didn't really have a lot in common and I hadn't even though I'd lived there for a while I had a very sort of nomadic lifestyle before that with work so I hadn't really formed mm. connections um so then when he was born uh I decided it was when parkrun was sort of just kicking off in my area I actually had to drive all the way to Penrith to go to parkrun to start with it mm. was like a 40 minute hike to get over there with two kids in a double pram. Um, and I started with a friend and yeah, I just, I, I met a few people through there and I just really, you know, I didn't even really like running, but I just sort of, <laughs> um, sort of, uh, kept showing up really. <laughs> but that's interesting that you say you didn't really like running because it's, it's a common theme. Yeah. with a lot of runners that actually some people just don't actually really like running but the running isn't about the running it's yeah. about other things so for you it was about getting out of the house 
Yeah. And it was about connecting with other people and maybe just doing something for the week <laughs> that wasn't at home with two growing children. Um, and it created a network of people for you. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about now, if you hadn't have taken that opportunity to go to Parkrun, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. Like, so I think it's incredible, like that, you know, well, it's not incredible. It's, it's, it's meant to be that this like sliding door moments, I really like to call them because you, your friend, I don't know who introduced you to go to Parkrun, whether it was just you who thought, you know what, that sounds interesting. Like who did, did was it you? Did you find um, out? The, my very first Parkrun I actually uh, did with my friend, uh, my friend of mine, Ruth. I had the idea and she just had a baby as well. And we just thought, let's just go. And we walked and I always never forget, like my first Parkrun time was 52 minutes. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. that was like the benchmark. Yeah, only going to go um, from here. <laughs> I like, I can only get faster. Like. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And that's what's so good about Parkrun. And I've always been such a great advocate for Parkrun because it really is a place where anybody can go and no one's ever going to be last. They've got a tail walker. Um, you know, there's a designated walking volunteer now as well um, at most park runs if they can get the volunteers. And, like, you know, you feel welcomed and there's so many different types of people there, all from different backgrounds and all different abilities. So you've got the people that are walking who just want to walk and then you've got the people right at the front of the pack who want to try and smash their time each week. And so it is a great place to start. I mean, what were you thinking when you first started like going to park run compared to like maybe when you, you've been a few times and then you thought, oh, maybe I'll give this running stuff a go. Yeah. I think um, I was very, very nervous to start with. And it's a common theme. Like I was actually, uh, talking to uh, one of the other mums at school who's actually my hairdresser and she was saying to me at my appointment I I really want to go to Parkrun but I'm I'm so anxious I can't you know and I was like well, what are you like and I was like I was like what are you anxious about this what are you being anxious about and then I thought back to when it was my first time and I was like that and she actually ended up going the very next day and she now has gone every week for the past six weeks and she's you know she's amazing she's doing amazing so yeah. It's just a common, it's a common thing. I think you build it up in your head. But as I said to her, I'm like, no one cares about anyone else. Like people are generally pretty selfish. Like no <laughs> yeah. one cares how fast or how slow you're going. Like people yeah. are just happy to be there and happy to be having a go and happy to have other people around them to do it with. So people yeah. don't really care. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I can understand the nervousness of a lot of people who are going for the first time. I mean, I get nervous turning up to a new park run that I've never been to, but it's actually not about the running that makes me nervous. It's about like the people, like, because anybody's uncomfortable and nervous in an unfamiliar setting, yeah. right? So you're like, oh, are they going to be friendly? Like, are people going to be nice? Like, oh, I get nervous too. And I've been running for a long time. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's just such a great platform for people to start and form connections. So obviously, you formed connections at Parkrun. And was that where you were introduced to RMA? Um, no, actually, my uh, sister actually was the one who told me to sign up to RMA. Um, she did a lot of work in the space of like, um, uh, postnatal fitness and, um, like dealing with like, uh, birth injuries and postnatal, uh, she was actually the one who said to me like, oh, there's this community, like online community, you should like join it once I'd started sort of doing a bit of park run. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually how, how I joined RMA. 
Oh, I love that. I love that your sister's sharing that with her yeah. clients or friends or people that she knows yeah, yeah. because that's really good because, yeah, it is a network of women and mums predominantly, obviously, who can understand what it's like to have had children and then trying to get back into an active lifestyle. And it's and we too discuss things like pelvic floor and all of those messy things that come along with being a mum. It's an open, safe community to be able to talk about that. So I'm really glad that she shared that with you because then I got to meet you. So <laughs> what kind of, you know, connections did you form through RMA and how did that change your running circle and I guess your goals with running at that time? So I was fairly slow to make connections at the beginning. Like there were lots of people who I saw and would say hello to, but I was quite still quite nervous at meeting new people and like I wouldn't even wear my RMA singlet at first I just thought that oh I'm not fast enough I can't do like I can't do that all that sort of stuff I was very like reserved at the beginning um but I think the key one of the key moments was um when East Richmond Park Run opened because that was local and so I got to meet um some other RMA that were very local which um helped and um, the other thing was, is that we um, in, oh, what year was it? I think it was 2007, oh, 2018, um, I, someone put up a post on RMA about um, forming a team for Ragnar, which was a, um, like a trail lap race. You do like three legs over 24 hours and you run all night. And it sounded like a bit of fun. And um, so I joined that and there were eight of us in the, in the team, um, I think, six of us were RMA and two were just two other really uh, one was actually a friend of mine and someone was a friend of somebody else's Um, and we ended up uh, doing like a lot of events together beforehand we did like a waterworks um, and we did Sydney surf and things like that together um, which really solidified those friendships and then when we did Ragnar it was the we had the whole weekend there we camped together we you know and um, some of those women are women who I've now um, had friendships with for five, you know, five years. I've travelled, um, like Danny and I went to Tarawera together. We've yeah. done um, lots of other, lots of other things. They've just been, yeah, really supportive uh, people. Like even when I did my 50th park run, um, I was really wanted to get this was like a while ago, really wanted to get a sub 28 minute park run. So I had people come like Vic came all the way from, um, from uh, North shore, all the way to East Richmond. There were like five of us there and they all paced me to make sure I got my PB. Like um, really, you know, inspiring you, making you, um, you know, want to be better. And then, yeah, then the, the East Richmond crew there, they, um, with uh, Tova and Karen and all yeah. those guys, they, yeah, sort of, I think in sort of 2019, we sort of grouped up and made like a little running group and we would run trails on the weekend or run during the week. And yeah. I couldn't always participate with like kids and whatever, but um, yeah, they we became quite a tight-knit little group. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. See, I just love where running can take you. And it really isn't about the running, right? It's just nah. about the connections that we can make. And that's why I sort of say RMA isn't a running group. It's a running network because it really is like it's got these tentacles and they kind of just yeah. go out 
And, you know, even the fact that I can meet up with you and Ali when I come to Caloundra and others that live up there as well. And then maybe, you know, I'll meet some others when I come. And then it just goes, it just has this little effect of, or if you, you know, like you, you move to Caloundra and you might not have known anybody up there and you could say, well, I know Ali. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just uh, amazing how not only with RMA, but with lots of other different you know, groups and places that people run, they can connect. And Parkrun is a really good example of that as well. Um, so, yeah, I just love that. I love how that inspired you to form those connections and, yeah, I guess inspired you to do some other amazing things with your running as well. So, obviously, you felt isolated and when, you know, you were a young mom and and now did you think that that anxiety and isolation had sort of changed in your world now that you've found more of an active lifestyle and a community to sort of share that with yeah yeah um back then I think like uh my husband traveled a lot for for work so I was at home alone with two little kids a lot Mm -hmm. and sometimes and so I ended up a lot of the time just isolating myself because I was too hard to too hard to go out too hard to do this too hard to do that um and yeah definitely uh running sort of forced me forced me out um and yeah then also just making connections with people that I actually had things in common with and that I wanted to be around I think that's the hard thing when you become a mum is you get thrust into these groups of mums that you don't really have anything in common with and yeah you just sort of end up being friends because your kids are at the same age or whatever and and I didn't really ever identify with that I sort of found it difficult so um yeah, definitely having those, being able to form connections with people that I had things in common with and could do things together that we like go running or go walking or go, yeah, do things with our kids um, definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the first like early races that you may have signed up? Obviously you did the City to Surf and the Waterworks and Ragnar, but solo maybe sort of solo pursuits that you thought oh, I'm going to challenge myself to this now yeah. like what was that kind of uh how did that evolve for you well the first ever race I did um by myself was City Surf in 2017 and I actually I don't think that I thought I could actually finish it like I yeah I'd had interrupted training I hadn't you know I didn't think I'd put in the work I was really concerned Mm. um but yeah and then I finished that and um yeah then that was sort of the turning point where I was like hey this is actually I can actually do this Mm. um and then I did the I traveled to um uh Melbourne and did run Melbourne as my first ever half and um that was another case of yeah I'm not sure whether this is going to and I just thought oh well if I have to walk some of it I'll walk some of it and I ended up running the whole thing I was very slow but I ran the whole thing and I ended up I crossed the finish line and I just bawled like a baby like I was so emotional because I just didn't think that this would ever be possible um so yeah that was yeah that was uh the first sort of um yeah I did those solo ones and I I chose to sort of travel to do a lot of my longer runs um just like to I think 
yeah, to be, to do it independently. Like I didn't want to have to worry about my kids. I didn't have to worry about my husband. I just wanted to be able to focus on myself and make a bit of a time away and yeah. And that's really important. And I think that's really good. You know, I don't think, I think a lot of people can get caught up in the whole, oh, that's very selfish of me as a mom to go and travel and, you know, it's almost exotic, like travel and do these events and train all for myself. Like, what about your family? Which people would say, or, but actually you're looking after you and you're doing something that's important for you. And I think that's really important for women and especially mums to have something that's solely for them. So the training and, and it makes you a better mom, like, cause you're happier. Sometimes you're tired. <laughs> you're happier and you're actually showing them what's important in life that you do and, you know, you should have challenges and you should set yourself goals and you should work towards something. And then in the end, when you work really hard for something, you can achieve it. And I think it's a really good lesson for our kids to see us doing those things. Um, and, yeah, let's just be honest. It's time away from them. <laughs> it's good. We need it. So, and it's time away maybe with your girlfriends too that are doing the same event and it's just good for you. I just think it's great that people are traveling around and 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 doing these events for themselves. So what was the hardest thing when you started running like longer distances, like half marathons and things? What was the hardest thing you found um, in training for longer events? Um, definitely staying injury-free. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think back then, like now, obviously I know a lot more, but back then I didn't realize that the impact of like life stress um, and the importance of proper recovery and recovery nutrition and all that sort of stuff that now I obviously have a much better understanding of. Um, yeah, I didn't understand all that. So I ended up with like not big injuries, but just tiny niggles all the time, um, which, yeah, it's really annoying and disheartening and um, things like that. So I think that was a, a huge issue. Mm. And, yeah, I think, yeah, that was, I think that was the biggest. And were you being coached by anyone or were you just doing your own, like, following some? I was too anxious to attend anything, I, apart from parkrun. I had friends. So um, up coaching is big in the Hawkesbury yep. and with Brendan Davies. And I I met Brendan, I, but I still could not bring myself to go to anything. I was too scared. Um, so, yeah, no, I wasn't being coached, which now I know was a huge mistake. I should have just got a coach. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the things you tell yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like I guess it is, it is, well, it's not for everyone coaching, but sometimes it just helps you, one, be motivated and keep on track and be consistent, um, which leads to less injuries. And also they can set you a program that's going to work in terms of loading and, you know, you might just be doing too much or not enough or, you know, doing things in the wrong order and stuff like that. And sometimes that, yeah, that will set us up for injury or not paying attention to like the nutrition side or, you know, the recovery side or active recovery and all the different things that a coach can help you with, I guess. Um, it's not for everyone. Not everyone needs a coach or wants one. But I think if you are wanting to, uh, you know, set yourself certain goals and achieve them. It is easier sometimes to have someone there in the background. Um, and it just is more of a motivation. Like you've got someone there watching, so you're going to tick it off, right? You're going to tick, well, I am, I'm a bit of a type A. I need to tick it oh, off. Me too. <laughs> so, um, 
and which is why I don't have a coach at the moment because <laughs> I don't want to disappoint anyone. <laughs> but anyway, when the time comes and I really want to set myself up to do something big, I would get another coach. Um, even though I'm a coach myself, I would still get a coach myself. Um, okay. So when you increased your distances, were you enjoying running? And I guess when when you think back to that, let's just flip it a little. So you think back to when you were doing halves and things, like were you enjoying it? And now that you're doing shorter stuff, are you were you enjoying it as much as you are now doing shorter stuff? Um no. <laughs> Short answer. Um, I did, I enjoyed the um accomplishment of completing longer distances every week like every time I was doing a long run and doing those longer distances I did feel like a a big sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. I was not enjoying it though I was very solitary I was doing it all by myself and while I like you know didn't mind that um I think now I really enjoy my training like my training now is very purposeful I have like I don't have any wasted sessions anymore. I yeah. this whole, whole thing comes down to having a coach now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I found I find now like training with other people. I do do a lot of training by myself, obviously with my schedule with kids and um, my husband also trains, so it's like we have to sort of manage things. Yeah. but I do enjoy really enjoy having that sense of community and sense of yeah. So, and it was probably something that was available to me when I was running and I just didn't take it up, take up the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I guess you were working towards things. And I asked that question because I think it's interesting that I see a bit of a theme sometimes when I read stuff online about like always needing to go further or, you know, it doesn't make you a better runner because you can tick off a 5k then a 10 then a half then a full then an ultra then a hundred then a mile or, I don't know like you could just keep going forever I just think you know you got to find what works for you and just because everybody else around you is training for a marathon doesn't mean you have to train for a marathon and it doesn't make you any less of a runner because you're doing 5ks you yeah. know what I mean I just think you've got to find what's work what works for you and if you're not enjoying the training then don't do it find another avenue do something different mix it up start do intervals go faster you know go shorter and faster I don't know I just think that people can get in a bit of a rut and it can become a chore and that's not what running should be running should be something that frees you and you enjoy and you get out the door for your session and you think I can't wait for this session today I can't wait what it's going to give me you shouldn't be like oh I'm gonna do this 20k run you know what I mean and I do see that I think why are you doing it if you hate it so much yeah and that was it it, I felt completely pressured into going further and it's the same there is a huge theme of that in triathlon as well and it's something that I feel really passionate about um yeah about talking about because in triathlon people always say when are you going to do a half Ironman when are you going to do an Ironman and I'm a staunch believer I always say I'm not going to I I learned it with my marathon when I did marathon training my quality of life with my family and everything with the amount of hours that I had to put in for my life right now it isn't it isn't gonna work like it just doesn't work so and also there's there's nothing wrong with doing shorter distances um yeah Yeah. agree and I know for me right now that this amount of training to do it well is what I could do I could probably push to a half Ironman um but it would require 
double the hours. And also I probably wouldn't be able to recover properly. I wouldn't be, I would be definitely getting injuries by that point. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you definitely feel pressured um, by a lot of people and there's a lot of culture in clubs about things like that. And yeah, yeah I really feel passionate about making people realise when they join that that's not the only option because I think a lot of people get daunted and not wanting to join things because they think that they can't just do shorter distance stuff or yeah. that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I love when someone comes to me and says, oh, I want to train for a 10K. And I'm like, yes. Like, you know, because normally it's I want to train for a marathon and a half or an ultra and i like, oh, 10, that's awesome. And I'll feel, sometimes I'll send them to Jody uh, or Kate or someone who's really good at 10Ks like because, you know, they're just, they just know exactly what to do. And I just think, oh, perfect. Like someone who wants to run 10K, it's like refreshing. I don't know. I just think it doesn't always have to be these big things. And just because you're training for, you know, a marathon or, you know, Ironman doesn't mean that your training is less more important than someone who's training for a duathlon or short distance yeah. triathlon or, or, you know, a 10K race or a 5K race, or even park run. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I just think um, there's something for everybody. And also you're going to want to do it, right? Yeah. You're going to want to do it. So, yeah, I say that because anyone listening who thinks, you know what, I'm just really hating this right now. Well, maybe you have to really think about why you're doing it and maybe you need to change some things up. So let's talk about when you move to the Sunshine Coast. So in 2020, now this would have been when COVID hit, yeah. mid-2020, right in the thick of COVID. Um, you moved up to the Sunshine Coast. Why did you guys move there? And how did, like, what was it like for you to actually move somewhere where you kind of, you obviously were from Queensland, but originally, but, you know, I guess you didn't have a big network of people up there. What was that like for you? Um, well, I think like COVID was life-changing for us in a good way. And I know that's controversial, but um, yeah. I think I had been really unhappy down there for a long time. And I think the, the year before COVID was probably the most settled I'd ever been there. I'd found this parkrun community. I'd found these friends. I'd sort of, you know, had finally settled. Um, but my husband was traveling all the time. And then when COVID happened, he was sort of in one place. And then when he was there and he'd lived there for 20 years, he realized, oh, I actually don't like living here. It's just that before he was traveling so much, he didn't really notice yeah, it wasn't. And he had an accident. He was, he's a cyclist. He actually had an accident on the bike and he was like, it's not safe to ride around here, which it isn't. Mm. Um, and so he had had some clients up in Sunshine Coast. I had sort of been suggesting to him to move anywhere. <laughs> like yeah, I was just keen to live. <laughs> and um, it, we were looking for another house in the Hawkesbury at that point. We wanted to move to something bigger. We thought we might want to move to a bit more acreage because we'd moved to a suburban block. Um, and we couldn't afford a, like acreage in that area with what we wanted. So we looked, uh, he said, suggested Sunshine Coast and he said, oh, maybe we just buy a holiday house. With And I just like went on to realestate.com and I just showed him these houses and we're like, look what we can get for our money up there. Yeah. And um, he was sort of a bit tentative, but I was like gung-ho. I was like, you know, I think this would be a good move. But he was actually the one who really pushed it in the end. Um, he he loves it here now. Um, but, yeah, so it all happened quite quickly. Uh, our house wasn't even on the market. It wasn't even ready to go on the market in Sydney. But then we sold it off market within a week of us um, wow. 
putting the offer on the house up here. So it all kind of snowballed and happened quite quickly. Uh, and then we had a few months of settlement because we had a long settlement. Um, yeah, and then we moved up and everything just, it was hard. I think it was hard moving somewhere where I didn't really know anyone, but we actually that made a lot of connections. So we moved, our house settled at the beginning of September and then Little Athletics started the next week. And both uh, my husband and I made really good friends really quickly from through Little Athletics. And they were actually the two people who probably thrust us into triathlon. And um, yeah, it's sort of, we found community really quickly. I found the school that the kids were at, um, a lot of the parents um, from uh, my oldest child's class were really, had a lot of common with me. We just, yes, kind of fell into this community where I had never felt this kind of community back in Sydney. So, yeah, it sort of just naturally really happened. Um, mm -hmm. And then we, yeah, we sort of decided to try new things and, yeah. 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 I love that. And it is true. Like, I think Sydney can be a little isolating in terms of community a little bit. Like, people don't like to travel far and, like, it's like you're breaking their leg if they have to travel, like, across a bridge. Like, it's sort of, I don't know, people just, they're just busy and stressed and there's just something. I don't know. It's different. Up there, I guess, yes, they have the same things in life people have to work and earn money and whatever but I just feel like there's this relaxed more relaxed lifestyle yeah. um and yeah maybe a little bit more sunlight maybe that's got <laughs> something to do with it so yeah. maybe moods are better I don't know <laughs> it's good that you found that community so obviously you started triathlon like so you'd never done triathlon before this was a no. first for you so what was it like when you went, so obviously you joined, like, did you join a triathlon club straight away? No, no. Okay. So at first, so even like that towards the end of 2020, um, my husband's always been a cyclist. He would, he was like, oh, it'd be perfect for you to learn how to ride up here because there's bike paths and there's, you know, bike lanes and it's really safe. And I was so nervous about it, especially because he just had an accident. Like it was, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really a bit nervous. I'd never ridden a road bike. I could barely ride a regular bike. I could ride a bike, but not, not with any sort of decent skills. Yeah. And I also couldn't really swim and I was terrified of swimming in the ocean. So I actually didn't know how I was going to do this. Um, he bought me a road bike um, for selfish reasons. I think he just wanted to ride with me. So I started to ride and it was fine. Um, and then I started, my friend from uh, Little Athletics, Jackie, she uh, was a she's a decent, uh, really good um, age group triathlete. She's been to Worlds a couple of times and she helped me. She helped me learn how to ride a bike. She literally ran next to me like a I was a toddler on a bike when I first learned <laughs> to clip in. Um, she took me out ocean swimming. Um, so I sort of like gained a bit of confidence. I did a try, I did one of the triathlon pink um, as my first one, which was a pool swim. So it was like yes. within my comfort zone, I could do that um but yeah then moving towards like a doing a not I wouldn't say a proper triathlon but doing a an open water triathlon where you're you know pack start lots of people that kind of stuff was um pretty daunting um to start with and I didn't really have any idea how to train I was just sort of like swimming occasionally riding my bike I was still running I joined a track group by this 
point up at the Sunshine Coast at the uni um, that I still run with today. They're amazing. Um, and yeah, so I was running fairly well, yeah. um, but everything else was a mess. <laughs> I started, to be honest. So what did you do about trying to learn more about triathlon and how to juggle all of those different disciplines? Uh, well, my friend, yeah, she, my friend Jackie was a huge support and a huge help. Um, so she helped me with sort of what I should basically be doing in a week. Um, she programmed me some swim sets so that I could start actually swimming properly. I was way too anxious to go to any sort of squad, which was stupid. <laughs> but I couldn't do it. I was so nervous about just not being good enough or not having, you know, having uh, that all that sort of stuff. Um and yeah, I wouldn't ride with anyone else apart from her or my husband or our other friend. Um, and which actually in the end, I think really helped me because they were all really good cyclists. They taught me how to ride really safely. Um, they were, yeah, all that sort of stuff. I um, ended up getting some good skills from them that if I had have started riding with other people really quickly, I think maybe I, I wouldn't have got those good skills. Mm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> So when right. you did, let's go back to when you did your pinky try. Yeah. Like obviously you're in a pool, like yeah. to start, and then you're on a bike and then, you you know, the run. Like how did you feel that day? Like obviously it's a it's an entry-level triathlon, I guess, but still it's a race. Um, yeah. Like what was the feelings like when you thought, this is my first triathlon? Like, you know, how are you feeling? Oh, I felt pretty good. Like I, it was a shock like running off the bike of the first time was like a shock, but I actually settled really well into the run. And I, yeah, I, I the coming out of the pool, I was dying because I got yeah. hard in the swim. But um, yeah, it, it all felt hard, but it all felt really good. And um, I think, yeah, I was pretty fit at the time. I ended up coming second overall for my distance, wow. which was a huge shock. And so I think that was like the first, like we'd left. Like I just was like, oh, I didn't think that, yeah. yeah. And I checked the results on the way home was like, what? <laughs> and um, that's when I sort of realised, I was like, oh, I could give this a go. Like this might be all right. So, yeah. Kind of like park run. <laughs> like it was like a bit of a confidence booster. You know, it's an entry, you know, that's why they do the pink tries. So people yeah. can try it out, right? Yeah. Give them a little bit of confidence um, to maybe step it up a little bit. So after you did the pink try, like, did you join a triathlon group eventually or did you just stick with your other little groups and learning and practicing and training? Um, I took a, I didn't join until the new triathlon year. So that I did that try, the pink try in December of 2020 and I joined the tri club um, mid 2021. So that's when the new year kicked over, um, the new triathlon year. So yeah, I'd sort of met people. Uh, from the tri club um and yeah my husband was one who really he'd actually been open water swimming with them and he'd his friend um, who he met through little athletics was a member of the club and so he'd ridden a little bit with them as well so he was the one who really pushed for us to join I was actually really hesitant to join I didn't I was still nervous about meeting new people I still did not feel like I was a triathlete I just thought I was a runner who occasionally rode a bike and swam <laughs> and I yeah I was really nervous to join so um it was him he pushed us <laughs> so 
total imposter syndrome. That's what you yeah. have. Yeah, 100%. Like, let's talk about the open water swim because when I come to Kalounja, I sit at the top of the my unit and I can see you all swimming there on Bullcock Beach around and out. I mean, I hate swimming at Bullcock Beach because I think, oh, my gosh, the water's so deep. What's under me? What's under me? What's under me? Even just crossing the channel across now that it's all changed every year, the water changes there you could swim across and I thought I was going to drown I just think how did you overcome swimming in open water um I think like I those early sessions where my friend took me out and really went through like what to do if you panic and those sorts of things they definitely helped but I actually think the thing that helped me the most was ego because when I went to swim with the tri club I was so scared of them judging me Mm. I was like I just have to do this like I just can't I have to get on someone's feet and I have to just keep going and I just cannot stop like because I was just so afraid (laughs) of anyone (laughs) of anyone judging me that I just thought I just got to do it so yeah I got over it pretty quick um I'm a bit of an odds person and uh, I sort of had thought, well, these guys have been swimming here for 20 years. No one's ever been nibbled by a shark. So that's like pretty good odds. Like I'll, I'll be fine. True. <laughs> <So>, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, well, I mean, obviously you don't just swim in the open water. You do do pool sessions as well. So what does your typical Try, like if you're training for a duathlon or triathlon, like what at the moment, I guess, what would a typical week look like for you for someone doing triathlon? Um, so in like when I'm in a build, um, I usually do for a sprint try or a sprint uh, duathlon, which is usually the what I'm doing. Um, I have roughly a 12-week build. Mm-hmm. Um, and they it ranges from probably like 8 to 12 hours training a week um which includes like I do three um strength sessions in the gym I do um two to three runs usually a track session and then um I do a longer run but uh, my coach actually uh because of I'm time poor my longer runs usually include a whole bunch of intervals so yep um that's how we sort of condense the volume um down with my rides, uh, I do a lot of riding on the smart trainer with Swift. Um, and I do like, usually my hill ride is on the trainer because the club does it during the week. It just doesn't suit with the kids. Um, and then I do try to get a long ride on the road in on the weekend. Um, and I, uh, and then I use sometimes do Zwift racing, which has really helped my racing. Um, you can race virtually with everyone across the world. Uh, which is a really interesting thing because the cycling is a very heavily male-dominated sport and it's the same with virtual cycling. Like I can be in a group with 90 riders and only have three females in the group. Like it's, and it's something I really want more people to do because it's really fun and we just need more female competitors Mm. out there for it because it's so good. Um, And it really helps. Like you can do it with the kids. You can do it with the kids at home. It's really makes training really accessible. So what is, for those that are listening, like what is Swift? Swift's like, it's like you can actually run on it as well. You can use it, set it up with your treadmill. It's like a virtual gaming um, you know, program and it uh, you hook it up to a smart trainer which where the, uh, which or a, or a treadmill, which um, the smart trainer measures your like power, your speed, um, all that kind of stuff. You can, you still change gears and everything like you're riding. It will put the um it will put resistance on for when you're riding hills so you can virtually ride a mountain on your bike at home and 
that's like I've done all my hill training on there. Um, but yeah, the races you can race. There's they have programmed events. You can set up your own events. So uh, I know Cycling Mums Australia does some like own events. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. It's really really great fun. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, I thought, yeah, I have heard of it and I thought it was only for cycling, but now that you tell me it's for running as well, I have to look into that. That's really cool. I love that because it means that it's more accessible to people that are time poor. Obviously, you also study at university, you're studying to be a nurse and almost finished Um, and you got little kids and everything. It's just, you know, fitting it in is difficult right? So you you can do that early in the morning or during, you know, when they're at school or at night, whatever. What are some of the other barriers that you've found? And we'll just talk about women because that's specifically something you mentioned to women getting into triathlon. Yeah. Time is probably the number one, number one issue. And coupled with that is also money. So um, it's an expensive sport. It doesn't take a lot to get in, get started in triathlon, but if you want to be good at triathlon, like there's no denying it. You need you need to have good gear. You need to have like there, there is such a huge advantage, mechanical advantage, especially with bikes, that I didn't think I didn't think it was. I had a a base level carbon road bike when I first started, which was a decent bike. I went from that to a custom-built aero road bike, and it was like like the difference between driving a beat up, you know, 80s Holden to driving a Ferrari. It was completely yes. different. And I never realized that that was, that was such a, a difference. And then once I started on that bike, I realized why these girls had such an advantage over me before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, money is definitely a, a big barrier. Um, and the other thing is like access to information, like um, and advice. Like unless you're, you, if you're surrounded by the right people, it can be very easy to get involved with triathlon. It's easy to know what to get, not to know what what to spend your money on and what not to spend your money on, and things like that. I think like being surrounded by people who know what they're talking about is um, a real advantage. Like, and so if you're not not surrounded if you're isolated or you know it can be a big barrier is there any other groups like online like rma i guess that are for triathlon not really there is a there is a a facebook group group called triathlon mums australia but it isn't really it's nothing like rma and cycling cycling as well like it's nothing there's nothing like rma yeah it's a shame because it's a really good opportunity for someone to start something like that so that people can and it doesn't have to be a business it's just a group of information like it's just a yeah. people sharing it's like a network right and it's just people sharing information what worked for them what didn't and meeting up with other people and I guess maybe that would form better connections maybe that's something that triathlon Australia should start like I don't know <laughs> maybe I think that like there is a group people do share to a minimum on it but it's not it's not it's huge not. Yeah. yeah okay all right um so your triathlon started you know very humbly and you just got out there and had a go and then ha- when did it actually change for you where you thought I'm gonna give this a really good crack and then I'm going to try and like what you just did recently and make like worlds <laughs> and things like that where I can compete for Australia in my age group. Like when did that sort of shift, when did the gear shift, I guess? Um, I think when the 
I think there's like two points. I think that when the idea was first told to me and when I actually thought it might be possible were two very different times. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, uh, Jackie, who got me started in triathlon, she had said to me, oh, I'm going to try and qualify for Worlds. It, at that point, they um, were actually supposed to be in Townsville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2021, they were supposed to be in Townsville. And then all this COVID stuff, tri- uh, World Triathlon said, no, we can't trust that Australia are going to keep the borders open, so we're moving it somewhere else. So originally the idea was put in my head back then and I was like, it was for multi-sport. So um, not for triathlon but for like aquathon, duathlon, cross-triathlon, all those like sub-branches of triathlon, which I didn't even know existed like at that point. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, duathlon, that means I don't have to swim. Like that would be okay because <laughs> yeah. that swimming is definitely still my weakest uh, leg. But I thought, like, I can't do that. Like, there's no way. So she kept pushing me and some of my friends kept saying, you could do this. Like, And I'd be like, no, what? Like, there's no way I could do that. Like, uh, no way. Um, and then I decided that I would employ a coach because I thought, all right, she'll tell me whether this is, uh, and this, my coach is very honest. Like, she will be brutally honest so I sat down with her and at the time like we weren't actually friends at the time we're very good friends now but back then we weren't really friends so I knew that she would be honest <laughs> and I said like this is what I want to do but I'm a beginner like is this going to be possible and she just turned around she was like yeah she's like you're gonna have to work your butt off but it's definitely possible so I still didn't believe that I could do it at that point though um and then within so she coached, started coaching me at the beginning of um, 2022. Um, and my first two races, I think my, the, I did a race at the goal for Gold Coast Try um, after she'd been coaching me for a couple of months. And I was fourth in my age group against some really strong athletes. So in triathlon, my age group, that I'm in right now uh, is actually the hardest age group because women, they say that the peak age for women in age group is like 35 to 38. So I'm right in that 35 to 39 at the moment. So um, the people I'm competing against are like, some people might know the cupcake cartel, like Elise Selznick, she's in my age group. I've got all these people who are really fierce competitors who have coaching businesses, who train basically full-time hours, who, you know, they're, they're really competitive people. So I, to come forth, I was um, really shocked. I'd run um, a, like off the bike, I'd run a 23 minute 5k, which for me was at the time was a huge PB. Yeah. Um, so I started to think, oh, I am improving. So all I've got to do is just keep improving. Um, so then the next sort of goal was uh to qualify for Spain, I had to um, race. I, I raced one qualifying event in Brisbane at Tour de Brisbane and I won my age group for that, but it was very small field and um, I wasn't I wasn't sure that I would still be competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to Australian Championships at Townsville um, in the middle of last year um, and I had actually had a really interrupted prep. So I'd had um, plantar fasciitis in my right foot and we had like edged to getting it where I, I had my physio I bet, bet I hadn't even run 5k straight before my race like I was I didn't know how this was gonna go and um, my coach had said to me 
Like these girls are going to be real runners. So don't try and stay with them. You're going to just have to catch them on the bike. We'd done a lot of work on the bike. So when the race started, it was hectic. Like these girls were running 16, 17 minute 5Ks. I ran at 22 something, which was like at the time was unbelievable for me. Um, And I did chase them down a bit on the bike. And I ended up, I think I was like sixth overall. And I was, I ended up second in my age group. But um, when they went to call out the results, they called me out as the Australian champion. And I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. And it was because the girl who had won was not registered properly with Thai Australia. So she, like, it's one of their conditions of entry for the championship that you can't, you have to be a member. Mm. So I ended up winning the Australian championship medal. Um, yeah, which sort of felt a bit wrong because I didn't actually win. Um, but yeah, I don't wow. know. Oh, well, you claimed it. You got it. Yeah. I mean, that's the rules. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that qualified me for Spain, um, gave me an automatic qualification. And then, so that was sort of like a wake up and a realize that, okay, now this actually is happening mm. and now I have to put the work in. <laughs> yeah. And so. like, you know, it's exciting, like when you look back to where you started to actually you put the work in already to get to that point, right? So that was the yeah. beginning of you being an age group triathlete where you were competing against other people across the world. Um, and I just think that's so incredible from where you started back in the Hawkesbury yeah. to, to now. Um, so tell us about Ibiza. I can't say it properly again. I tried to say it better that time. Um, what was that experience like for you? You're wearing the Australian team uniform, which would have, when you put that on, like how did that make you feel? Yeah, that was, it was amazing. Um, the I think the highlight of the whole trip was actually the Parade of Nations where we all got to, we all had our uniforms on, we did the parade with our flags, we got to see everyone else all dressed up and just meeting all the other athletes and um, just really feeling like you're a part of something. Mm. And the other thing, like it was a big sort of humbling moment where you think you think about your journey and how how you've, everything that you've been through to get to that point. And then you look at everyone else and you think they all have their stories too. And it's just, you're part of something that's really important. Like to, to all these people, it's very important. And then when you collectively put it together, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I was very humbled. I'd, my race day was not what I expected because Previously, in my previous races this year, I'd been very nervous before every race. I'd battled with some severe pre-race nerves where I'd been vomiting before the start. I was so anxious. But then when I went to Worlds, because I knew that even my best was probably going to not get me close to the podium, I was just able to just enjoy it and relax and be part of the moment. Um, And I was supported by a lot of I had a group of close friends around me. I had one group, one friend who was actually in my race with me. Um, and yeah, I was just able to really appreciate every, every little bit of it. Um, and the race was so hard. It was, you know, these girls, my start group, which was not my competitive, like I, my age group is 35 to 39, but my start group was from 16 to 39. So oh. I'm right. I took off with these girls who are flying and I think I ran my first kilometer in 408, oh, <laughs> a little fast, but I actually got it back and I didn't, I, I did, I didn't fade too much. Um, 
the ride was a draft legal race, so you actually could draft off other competitors. Um, my problem was is that I was just off the back of the girls on the run, so I missed their group. So then I sort of had to, I, I, I was limited with who I could work with. Mm -hmm. And then the girls that I, it was brutal. Like the girls that I was, I, I tagged on the back of a Mexican uh, group of Mexican girls who all were riding, like the Mexican team and the great British team all had obviously race strategy where they had four riders, which each group who they were working together. And I got on the back of them and she just started spitting Gatorade over her shoulder in my face to try oh and get me off her wheel. No way. And things like that, where which I'm like, I didn't realise at the time, this is stuff that people do, do in cycling races. Like I was just so like, at first I was like, oh, that was an accident. And then I was like, that was, and then after the second time, I was like, that's not an accident. Um, wow. But yeah, it, it was sort of a whole different world. And then, um, yeah, my second run was probably not as good as my first. Um, uh, and But like coming up that finish shoot, it was the day that we raced was the first day of the games. And I think we had the biggest crowd. It was incredible. Like there were so many people. Um, and because you had other age groups starting after you, no one really knew where you came. So everyone was still cheering for everyone. And it like all these fears that I had about, embarrassing myself or you know not running in those top group it didn't matter like nothing mattered on the day it was just great yeah oh that's such a great experience apart from the person who's battled <laughs> 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 not so great team sport uh but like you know it's such a great experience that you got to have like going over the other side of the world and doing something you loved and like duathlon so is that uh bike it, sorry yeah Run, bike, run. Yeah. Run, bike, run. So how far is each distance? So I did the sprint version, which is 5K uh, at the beginning, then a 20K ride, and then a 2.5K run at the end. They had the distances were slightly adjusted just for the course, but, yeah, basically that's the distances. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can imagine just that 2.5K being such a slog. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you've already sprinted your life out. And the first run, and then you're going to get on the bike, and then you're going to run again. Oh my gosh! I just find triathlon and do I find anything that's more than just the running <laughs> so hard? Like I went and watched a friend's daughter do a triathlon down at Wollongong a few weeks ago, and it was just so hard. I was like, wow, I don't know if I would want to do this. Like, but then there was a part of me that was like, well, maybe I should try something like this. Like. Just because it's a challenge. That's what I was thinking in my head. It wasn't about like that I would love it. It was like, oh, this would be a good challenge. Like, anyway, I don't have any gear. So it's like you, th you think you get, you, it's a funny thing when runners decide to take up triathlon because like you think you can run and then you get off a bike and you're like, my legs don't work. <laughs> I know. I'd probably fall over. <laughs> so you ended up coming 16th, um, which is incredible. So congratulations. And congratulations for even getting to the start line and making that race. Like, that's pretty incredible. Um, so what's next? Like, what did you what did you decide after that? Like, and that doesn't always have to be a next, let's say that. But <laughs> I guess there is for you. So you've already told me. So what are you training for now? Um, and, yeah, what's how's that all going? So um, there's a couple of things in the works at the moment. Um, I'm actually injured since Spain. Oh. So... It's, it's very minor. It's getting better. I've just got some tendonitis uh, that we're just working through. So I'm actually supposed to start a build this week for Townsville again, um, which is 
a qualifier for um, World uh, Multisport Champs next year, which is actually going to be in Townsville this time. So it's back in Australia. Um, I would really like to do it just because um, of being home, you know, home uh, games and having, yeah, all the people who we met over in Spain who are going to come to Australia and it would be a great experience. Um, But, yeah, I sort of haven't had that. I thought that I'd be back training and, yeah, I know that I've got a bit of work to do. So, um, yeah, hopefully I can get there. I'll I'll get there, but I might be a bit underdone. Um, So that's on the cards um, so that I can qualify. Uh, And then uh, I actually qualified for... um, world championships in Malaga in Spain um, next year for sprint triathlon. So I had two qualifying events earlier in the year, um, Malulabar where I was sixth, um, which isn't quite good enough to qualify, but then I um, came second at Gold Coast. So I qualified um, for that. Um, My friend Jackie's going to that. So uh, I'd really, um, really like to go to that. But I also know that I have a lot of work to do on my swim um so yeah I'm taking the opportunity at the moment while my foot is buggered yes. to swim <laughs> yes so now hopefully, um, <laughs> yeah I've got a lot of work to do because I'm definitely um behind the other girls uh when it comes to swim and I'm always trying to make up time I'm always trying to make up time on the bike and it's just uh it's not the way I want to race because then I, my run suffers um after having a hard bike um so yeah, like it, at Malulaba, I was, I had a bad swim. I had a sore shoulder, a bad swim. Um, I was like 40th out of the swim. It was horrendous. And then I overtook 36 people on the bike and was four, uh, fourth going out on the run. But then I was just cooked trying to run over Malulaba Hill. Um, I had two people overtake me. So yeah, I ended up six. So yeah, I need to get that swim better because otherwise it's just yeah well obviously uh, your strength is the bike <laughs> and yeah which is ironic because I haven't ever ridden a bike before <laughs> it's the horse yeah. riding I'm telling you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well I mean yeah I can't be good at every leg I guess let's say that um maybe some people are but yeah. <laughs> we can't all be good at everything um so I think you know use that to your advantage you're good at those things and yeah now while you're injured get that swimming, get in there and just work on that. I mean, that's great that you're doing that. What do you think is the most difficult part about being a triathlete and being a mom? Like, I guess we talked about the time commitment. Um, Like, is there, like in your groups that you train with, are there a lot of other mums that have to compete against being a mum and trying to get all this training done? Um, yeah, there are. In in my group, in our tri club, a lot of the women are older, so their kids are older. Um, there are a few younger younger ones, um, but a lot of them don't tend to attend a lot of the club stuff because of their young families and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard. It is hard. Um, but the I think like. It's hard, hard to find time. It's hard with the stress on your body. Um, but, yeah, we we are very lucky. We've sort of worked out systems to allow ourselves to be able to train and allow ourselves um, to, yeah, share responsibilities. Um, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all yeah. about finding out what's going to work for you because what works for us isn't going to work for the next family. And, um, yeah. Do you like to, like, 
having the different disciplines so obviously working on running swimming and riding but did you do you find that easier in a way on your body than when you were just running yeah definitely 100% yeah because um if something is playing up or you're getting a little niggle you can just you can my coach will like reprogram she'll you know sort something else out and that's like with my when I had my sore foot last year mm-hmm. I put so much work in into, into the bike and it 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 just allows you to you can flip you can still keep working on whatever you're going to work on uh whatever you need to work on but yeah it just yeah. takes takes the pressure off yeah I mean obviously RMA is a running network but there's a lot of triathletes and whatever in our group too and I always advocate for like cross-training like of any kind like myself even I've started to do a lot more now that I'm older strength training walking I'll get on the bike I've in the gym like just to take some of that load and just make me stronger as a person especially if I'm going to do endurance stuff I need to be stronger um and I'm not getting any younger (laughs) so I really think and I use it for recovery so for the girls I coach often they'll have cross training days in there specifically for recovery after a long run for example walk or get on the bike just to get out all that stuff in your legs like I just think it's so important to but I just I feel like it's a great way of just keeping our bodies strong and healthy by doing those different disciplines and not just put all your eggs in the one basket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just quickly talk about mental training before we finish up. So obviously because there are three different disciplines and you're going like, you know, from a a swim, that's mental in itself that you're going to jump into some water with people's feet kicking in your face. Um, and sometimes in the open ocean on top of that. Um, <laughs> then you've got to get on a bike where the possibility of falling off can be high. You've got people like that aren't so nice, obviously, <laughs> doing things to you. And then you've got to finish it off by trying to push yourself through a run in triathlon. So how do you prepare yourself for the different aspects of the mental side of triathlon? Uh, I think like... That's the one of the huge things that when I started triathlon, I noticed a big difference between me and other some other people. I didn't have a good, I was very mentally, I would say, weak. Like I always was trying to look for a way out of making it easier. It was, you know, I didn't have that. And I think it generally in life, it was, I've sort of, not that I was raised like that, but I just was never really um, pushed like to do you know, hard, hard things like, and I think that um, when I started triathlon, I think that the thing that really helped my, like, and I didn't realize it was like mental training at the time, but it was the physical training. Like once I'd done this hard, really hard stuff in training, I would be able to get on the but say get on the bike the bike is the longest time where you have to think about something my coach always says though if you're thinking about anything that isn't how hard this is you're not going hard enough mm-hmm. and especially in the swim like you shouldn't I shouldn't be thinking about other things really and for me but then on the bike I would sort of tell myself like you've done this like you this is you've put in the training like there's no but then the the trick comes with that is that if you haven't put in the training if something has happened then it sort of becomes a bit of a hole um so yeah it is uh it's it is a mental a lot of it is a mental battle like um 
uh, I always look up to. My my friend who got me started in triathlon, she is phenomenal. She actually just had another baby last year and she came back for her first race at Mooloolabar and she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if this is going to be any good, blah, blah, blah. And she was had the fastest swimmer of the day of the age groupers. Then she led on the bike the whole way into transition. And she like, and she went out on that run and she was hurting. Like I could tell all over her face that she was deep in the hurt box. But she has that ability of when it gets tough, she just goes harder. And it just like she just pushes and pushes. And yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And I really um admire that. And I really uh, try to sort of emulate that as much as I can when it gets hard don't back off push that bit harder um and just for a few seconds just have that drive um yeah both in the in the bike and the run um yeah I, I find it interesting like different philosophies people have like I was when you were saying that I was just thinking yeah like I can see like when it's really hurting like just push that a little harder it almost gives you that I don't know, purpose to to get, like, it's meant to hurt. Like, you know, it is going to hurt. And I I was thinking when you were saying that too, there would be triathletes out there, though, that don't care about the hurting, that just want to finish it, like, just want to get through. Obviously, triathlon's a bit of a different beast, though. Like, you do have to put a lot of work in. But, like, are there people that are competing in triath just the everyday triathlons that not worlds obviously um that just uh you know putting along at the back trying to get it done like is it a hard sport for people that are slower who want it kind of like you know on the road the the back of the packers do they ha- do we have that in triathlon as well yeah definitely and you actually i think you see it a lot more in long distance triathlon because mm-hmm. ironman like just completing an ironman is Yes. such an achievement that I think you see a lot of that in Ironman where people will just go out, complete the miles, get it done. Short distance triathlon, you do see it, um, especially with beginners. Um, and But there's sort of like the different categories. I feel like um, like entices and things like that, you definitely see that a lot. Um, but once people are kind of getting into sprint and Olympic distance, I think they're there are some people who still, especially the big triathlons like um, Mooloolabar and Noosa, you see a lot of people just going out there just to comp- complete it. Yeah. But at um, a lot of the local races and stuff, it is it is competitive because those people are they're on the circuit, they're doing these race, they're doing the series for the points, they're you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, definitely, like I find triathlon to be such a welcoming community. So similar to the running community, I do f- feel that people cheer for everyone that there's no you know there it's it's definitely a really welcoming community and like especially even our tri club like we have people who barely ride their bikes who you know are uh, you know, at the bottom level of fitness, or you've got people who are, you know, elite athletes who, um, you know, we've got a couple of people who are bordering on going elite. So, you know, you have this whole range um, and everyone supports everyone else. And yeah, it's yeah. great. Good, good. Because, because you know, there might be someone listening who actually thinks, well, maybe I'll give it a go. And I'd hate for it to be a barrier to them to try it thinking like you thought <laughs> I'm not good at this I'm gonna be right at the back but like when you know there's other people like you it just makes it that much easier to sign up and have a go right and the thing is is that when you're starting you start in a start group but then there's all these other start groups after you so that's the best thing with triathlon is you actually have no idea 
unless you know the people in front of you, you actually have no idea where you're coming through the whole thing. And that's the best thing. Like when my kids started triathlon, they, my um, oldest at Little Athletics, he would see the other kids run faster than him and would just slow down. Like he would be like, I'm not going to beat them. Like there's no point in trying. Whereas at triathlon, he can't see the person in front of him. So he just goes hell for leather. And yeah, it's, it's quite, it's good. Cause you don't know when you cross the finish line, everyone's cheering for you. Same as like at worlds. No one knows where you came. You just yeah. Yeah, having a good time. So yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's go on to the RMA hot lab. So I like to finish the podcast every time with five questions that I curate for each of my guests. So I have five for you. So the first one is what is, well, what has been your best running experience to date? Or it could be a try. Let's change that. What has been your best try or running experience to date? Um, I would have to say, um, I think Tarawera Ultramarathon, oh, like I did the 21, but I had the best time. I was over with the best people. I, it was so beautiful. Um, yeah. Oh. That's making me very excited because I'm going next year. Yeah. Well, hopefully I get an entry. That's what my plan is. I've set the day aside. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait. So just beautiful scenery. Just It was so runnable. It was, yeah, it was lovely. And um, then because COVID happened right after, I think that it became extra memorable because I was there with good friends and, um, yeah, we they did the 50. We were up, you know, cheering for everyone in the miler. And yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. We hopefully get a good group of us going over. So anyway, if you want to come back, just let me know. <laughs> so, and, you know, just think about that. <laughs> I guess you've got other things to Maybe there's a cheer but... squad. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. What is your favourite triathlon discipline and why? Um, I'd love to say running, but <laughs> I think training running is my favourite, but in the race. Running off the bike just sucks. Like this is yeah, yeah. not good. I, I have of the bike. The bike's my favorite now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because you're so good at it too. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, yeah. what is the hardest thing about being a mum? Oh my gosh. Where can I start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think as I get older, it's just getting harder too. Like I don't think it's getting easier. Mm-hmm. Um I think like just worrying about whether you're doing the right thing, like worrying about whether you're going to mess them up and like when they encounter these challenges, whether you're dealing with it in the right way or whether you're making it worse or making it better. That's just definitely what we're going through at the moment. And I just, yeah, it's very stressful. (laughs) So, yeah. I can totally relate. It's a hard job. It is really, it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The next one is what is, a bucket list goal for you? Um, I would love to get on that podium at Worlds in the in the green and gold. Um, I had some uh, one of my friends uh, won the world championship for her uh, event, and uh, yeah, watching she got up on that podium and I bawled. So I hate to think what I'd be like if I got up there, but um, yeah, I I know I've got a lot of work to do, but I think I can get there eventually. They say the peak age is thirty eight. I'm only thirty five. I've got three years. Oh. <laughs> Still in it. You're still in it, Penny. Time <laughs> is on your side. <laughs> and on that quickly, so with world, so obviously you're competing against, and for people listening, it's not the Olympics, <laughs> but you're competing against people across the world in your age group in a specific sport, right? So yep. what other, do you know other sports that do this? Like 
other than duathlon or sprint tries or I actually have no idea. I never even knew that this existed for triathlon until I was in it. Um, yeah, I have no idea. It's just so accessible. I, I didn't realize how how accessible it is. Like, um, there's athletes there who are in their seventies who are competing, and yeah. like watching some of these guys, like, you know, they're they're in they they had the long course triathlon on the last day. That was the only triathlon event they had. And we were like eating dinner and there were still people running. Wow. And then we went straight to the closing ceremony and the um and the medal ceremony. These people literally came straight off the course and straight onto the medal ceremony. But there there were people, I think there was even in that aquathon a guy in his 80s. Like, wow. and it's just like my friend always said she said to me while we were over there, you know, I hate it when people say, you know, you you should do it while you can, like yeah. while you're young. Because she said, look at these people, they are killing it. Like they are, yeah. you know, it, it's amazing. Like one of our friends is in her uh, I think ooh, I don't know what I say I want to say the age group. I think she's either in 55 to 59 or 60 to 64. And she came third in the cross try and she won the aquabike for her age. And she's a phenomenal athlete at her age. And yeah, it just shows that, you know, I might, yeah. I, it might take me till I'm 60 or 70 to yeah, get on. You'll get podium. on that podium. Don't you oh. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's hope for me yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The last question I have for you is what is the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself on this journey? Um, that I'm just, cap- I think I'm, that I'm capable of doing more than what I ever was led to believe or that I ever thought I could do. Um, yeah, I've, I've uh, definitely suffered from imposter syndrome for a long time. It's still something I battle with, but I think that I'm slowly realising that the more work that I put in that, um, yeah, things are possible if you put in work. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Ironically. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with us today. I mean, it's so nice to actually connect with you and in this way and chat about all of this because obviously I've seen it all happen and unfold on your social media, but we haven't actually sat down and actually talked about it. So I really love that you're sharing this with other women who might think, oh, I actually never knew I could do that. Like, what? I can go and compete against the world in my age group in things. And so you know, I'm going to do a bit of investigating myself on what other sports you can do this with. But I just think it's so incredible that you put yourself out there and you had a go and you got to experience this. And I'm sure there's so much more to come from you in your story. So thank you. Where can we follow along your journey? Um, I, my Instagram handle is uh, the hungry rummer. <laughs> I came up with a long time ago when I was you know, an RMA and then, yeah, I just have never changed it because you are a hungry runner. <laughs> I eat a lot and I love to run. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> Oh, I love it. You might have to change that handle soon to something else like, I don't know, <laughs> about tries or I don't know. Anyway, I love it. Um, okay, and I just wanted to quickly ask too before we finish up, how can other people get into the sport of triathlons? I think like the I do think joining a club is the best uh, best way. There are so many clubs that have uh, like beginner programs that run every year, yeah. um, which are a really good way for people to have access to like a coach. Um, our club does one, and it's actually coached by my coach, who's amazing, and they really give you all those little tips and tricks and insights just to give you the best start in in triathlon. And I think that that's the that's really 
what makes or breaks someone wanting to keep doing it. You know, if it's really hard, people people don't want to do it. But if, you know, they make it easier and more accessible and, um, you know, stuff like that, I think clubs are a really great place. You can get advice. You can get people that often have, like, old gear that they just want to get rid of. You sort of, you know, you have all that sort of access. And um, the clubs through Triathlon Australia, you, you can join as a social member to start with and just be a part of the clubs and join in their training sessions. We do ocean swims every week and things like that um, that are really beginner-friendly. And, um, yeah, generally clubs are really welcoming. Um yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is a really great way to get involved. Um, there's lots of local events, you know, lots of series that run that do entices that are short distances that are very manageable. An enticer is like a 300 meter swim, a um, 10k bike ride, and a two or 3k run. Like it's very accessible to people. Um, and yeah, it makes the world of difference when you're getting started. So yeah. Well, I'll put the links in the show notes for Triathlon Australia so people can have a look and and look what other clubs are out there in their local area, uh, which is the best place to start. And also I will put the link to the pink tries as well. Um, and um, some other tries that do, I guess, partner with RMA's event, like events in the member program as well, because I think they're really good and accessible ones for people that are starting out as well. So I'll do that. So thank you, Penny, for joining thank us. Too. Awesome. Thanks, Nicole. Well, I hope you loved this episode with Penny Selden. I hope you learned a lot about how you could challenge yourself and maybe there's a different sport that you might like to try. I really loved Penny's story and I love that it's not too late to try something new and also to push ourselves beyond what we think is possible for us. So thank you, Penny, for sharing your story today. You can follow Penny on her Instagram and I'll put that in the show notes and I'll also put in the show notes links to Triathlon Australia and some of the events that you might like to try if you're wanting to try out your first trip. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please share this episode with your friends and also please check out our website for more podcast episodes that you may have missed. Our member program and our online store. I will be putting in another pre-order for winter gear, uh, amazing warm hoodies for winter over the coming weeks. And there's so much there that you can look back on in terms of articles, tips and tricks as well. I'd really love to thank those people that have joined our member program for 2023 and helped partner with some of Australia's best races and brands along the way. So please check that out. I look forward to bringing you another episode when we come back next time. Until then, I hope you are safe and well wherever you are and happy.